Today is Tuesday, October 3rd. The title for our devotional is The Surprising Good News. Yesterday, I told a brief story about how I wanted to dunk a basketball, so I worked really hard, lifted weights, and did a jump program to develop my jumping ability. My workout program was largely a success, as I was able to dunk pretty easily at the end of the summer. However, those results were rather short-lived, so I'd like to continue that story with you today. A bruised rib partway through the season sidelined me for a couple of months, and I was unable to lift and jump. When I recovered, I found that I was back to baseline and only able to grab the rim. At least now I knew how to do it and that I could do it, so I trained again and developed the muscle again, only to be set back again by an ankle sprain and then a bruised quad, etc. The injuries kept coming, and each time I kept falling back to the baseline of my natural ability. Then, in college, I met a young man named Patrick Atkins on my college basketball team. Pat was about 5'8", a full six inches shorter than me, and he was a Jesse White tumbler. Don't know uh, what the Jesse White tumblers do? I linked you to a quick YouTube video on the devotional page. Uh, long story short, Pat could fly. He would throw it down with ease. Remember, and he's only 5'8". Now I was completely shocked to find out that Pat had never lifted weights before in his life when he got to college. I helped teach him how to squat because at that point I had been lifting and training for six years. As you can imagine, that was the year I gave up squatting, <laughs> which I'm sure you can tell. Not squatting altogether, but squatting to try to jump higher and training to dunk. The point is that's just who Pat was the way his body was designed and his muscles were built. So what came so naturally to him, I worked countless hours to attain and quickly lost when I couldn't work those countless hours. For many of us in the Christian faith, character formation and spiritual growth feels like me trying to dunk, like me working out. We take one step forward and then two steps back. We still feel like Paul in Romans 7.15, where he says, I don't understand what I do, or what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. We all understand that, but I don't think we grasp the full weight of what he says next. In Romans 7, 24 and 25, he says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. What Paul knew and what he's teaching in Romans, especially chapter 7 and 8, is that our deliverance in This process of one step forward, two steps back in our spiritual life comes in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're going to continue reading in Romans chapter 8. We read in verses 1 through 5. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The whole story of scripture reveals that the law is not enough for character formation. Of course, the law is good and it reveals what sin is, but it is not enough to transform our already formed sinful nature. For this, we need Jesus, the work of Christ, which makes us righteous, and the power of the Holy Spirit, whom he gives us. A couple weeks ago, we read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. 
I'm just going to read it all again, but we're primarily going to focus on the last verse, verse 10. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now here's what we're emphasizing this week, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The surprising good news of the gospel in regards to life change is less like me working out and more like Pat's natural ability. Life change in the Christian life begins with God's new creation of us. Those who are saved by grace, as Ephesians 2.10 reveals, are, quote, God's handiwork, workmanship in the ESV, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. This whole section of Ephesians is built on the idea that Christians who are in Christ, how we identify with him, and as we are united with him, we experience the benefits of the resurrected Christ along with him. Whereas this process of spiritual transformation and spiritual growth is anything but natural. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. In the same way as Pat Duncan, it doesn't begin with willpower and work ethic. Good works comes as the consequence or the result of us being made new in Christ. It is simply living in light of our new identity in Christ. It flows out of who we are. This is all done by God. We are his handiwork, newly created by God in Christ. And even God is the one who has prepared the good works that we are to do in advance for us. As people who have been formed to believe that we can be and do whatever we want with a little determination and hard work, this is truly surprising. That's why I titled this devotional, The Surprising Good News. And this leads us that, back to that question I asked yesterday and why that was a leading question, right? Determination and hard work, of course, they're good things, but they can only carry us so far in character formation. They can help us change behaviors, but they cannot change the heart. And failure to change the heart leaves whatever progress we make more or less like my leaping progress, just waiting for the next injury, uh, in the spiritual case, sin, failure, to return us to the baseline or even a few steps backwards from where we were. In Matthew 12, 33 to 35, Jesus says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees here, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Jesus here reveals that our words and deeds are the result of what is of, of our heart what consists of our heart. So what we need is a good heart. We need a new heart. This is precisely what God gives his people in the gospel. In keeping with the theme of this campaign then, in order to see the truly irresistible nature of the gospel of transformation, we must look at the alternatives that the world has to offer. This we'll look at tomorrow.